Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. Today's return guest is comic book creator and incredibly interesting individual, Alan Haverholm, where I'll be asking him about what comics he's been reading recently. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, where you can read comic news and become part of a community of fellow comic lovers. To find out more, be sure to visit comicscene.org. And on a side note, if you do enjoy the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Alan Haverholm. How's it going? Hello, Samuel George London. How's it going in uh, Great Britain? In merry old England, yeah, no, it's 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 going it's going well, it's going well. I'm, I'm insanely busy with work, I tell you. Um, it's pretty relentless at the moment with kind of planning for stuff for next year, but um, it's good, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I know how it feels. Uh, October is is usually the time to start planning for next year, right? Uh, Hundred um, percent, and yeah, Nate, what's uh, what, what's been going on um, with you at the moment? Oh well, you know, last time I was on comics for the apocalypse uh, was my uh, was my my first podcast episode ever. So uh, I got bits by the bug, and I've been doing podcasts ever since, all of my own. So um, exactly, yeah, and. Uh, and I tell you what, before we get into that, and I'm really excited to talk about okay. it. Um, before we do do get into that, um, for for the listeners that haven't come across you just yet, um, what do you do in the world of comics? I pick comics apart and remove the the bits that don't work or aren't actually needed and then i spit weird comics out instead uh onto onto paper and uh both in comics form but also uh academically i have taken a master's degree working on abstract comics and experimental comics and uh that's more or less turned into what i'm doing now uh writing about comics, about weird uh, alternative to the alternative comics, uh, and uh, well, doing podcasts about them. Uh, and I just assembled a little anthology as well of uh, even more uh, uncomics. Let's let's say. So that's that's what I do. That's me. Awesome. And uh, where where can people find you online to find out more? Well, uh, all the OnComics stuff you can find at OnComics.org. Um, both the anthology, the podcast that I'm doing, and also article bits and bobs. Um, my own website, we talked about that three years ago when I <laughs> was on first... Uh, and I said, I'll probably redo that at some point. I still haven't. But you can find that, that old uh, skeletal uh, 
website on uh, haverholm.com. And for all the small stuff, I'm on Mastodon. I'm on an, uh, an instance called Imaginaires uh, as at Haverholm. I'll give you a URL to to supply to the uh, to the listeners. Yeah, no, uh, don't, don't. the whole federated yeah, uh, social web is a little bit uh, a little bit more difficult than uh, than than Twitter and Facebook. So, yeah, yeah, nah, it's all good though. Um, all of the links will be in the show notes, folks. So go go go, feel free to to check out all of Alan's. Um, uh, links to his various uh, areas of the internet um and uh before before we kind of yeah get into the nitty gritty of uncomics um we we as you said you were on the on the show a few years ago crazy that it was a few years ago that's wild um and uh yeah we we left you in a zombie outbreak, basically. <laughs> but that's true. Right. So, yeah. how's it been treating you? <laughs> um, well, immediately after we talked, there was another kind of outbreak, right? <laughs> uh, one of the reasons that it seems like it was just <laughs> yesterday is that we've all been locked down for uh, well, basically two years, and we're just coming out of our cave again now. <laughs> Or it feels like we're still just uh, returning to 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 normal. So uh, I don't even have to make anything make anything up about uh, a zombie apocalypse. Really, uh, no. It's been it's been quiet. It's been quiet uh, on the, both on the comics front and so on and so forth. But uh, as I imagine, I would do hunkered down during a zombie apocalypse in my uh, secure apartment, I um, I started recording interviews with uh, a bunch of uh, experimental comics artists that I thought would be interesting for this, uh, this project, the On Comics podcast. And I really got, over, over the summer of 2020, I, I, I assembled all the conversations that I needed. And I thought, well, excellent. Start editing. Uh, and uh, right before Christmas, I figured, ah, let's let's back the whole thing up. Set it to, uh, set the computer backing uh, all my recordings up. And when I woke up the next morning, the <laughs> another apocalypse, the, uh, the entire computer had crashed. Uh, oh, oh no. uh, so yeah, the digital apocalypse. Yeah, oh man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, first zombies, then COVID, then uh, hard disk crash. So, uh, yeah, I had a bit of uh, data recovery to do uh, for the, <laughs> the entirety of that winter, um, and that's nice. why, yeah, that's why those uh, recordings are only seeing the light of. Uh, well, of the internet <laughs> these days. Uh, now. So, so uh, that was uh, basically all of the episodes of Zombies. They, they are risen from the dead uh, against all odds. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, and then along, along, obviously, with the podcast as well, 
Um, Uncomics has an anthology. Yes, it does. As well. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I was very very fortunate this uh, this past winter to get the opportunity from uh, a comics collective uh, CBK that I've been working with previously um, to uh, to edit. Uh, an anthology, an issue of their quarterly anthology. Uh, I've been kind of pushing them or, or uh, suggesting, let's say that that I could 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 do a, a special issue of of abstract comics. So uh, they finally jumped at at the chance, and uh, the only the only condition was that it had to be really really quick because they were. Uh, they were on a deadline, and they pushed that deadline over to me instead. So uh, via Twitter that I was still using at the time, uh, and and their website, uh, CBK's website, I managed to pull together uh, enough material for not one, but uh, not a single, but a double issue of this uh, anthology. Uh, and we got it out in May. So uh, that was. Uh, Alan to the rescue again. <laughs> if, you have, <laughs> if you have any tight yeah. deadlines, just yeah, give me a call. You bet, uh, you bet. Um, and it's no small undertaking. It's pretty big. It's 180 pages. Yeah, uh, I was really, really fortunate. I mean, I have a network of people that I've worked with before, and obviously the people that I interviewed for for the podcast two years ago uh, that I kind of poked to 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 submit to this uh, to this podcast. No, sorry, to this anthology. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I, I had this this awful situation where where I could actually have filled a triple issue. <laughs> But I wasn't allowed to do that, so I had to uh, actually had to reject some really good people uh, from uh, from being part of the an- anthology. Uh, but yeah, um, and uh, a couple of other uh, people that that I wasn't aware of crawled out of the the woodwork as well. So uh, we have in in the anthology we have sewn. Um, Comics, abstract comics by uh, Anastasia Marsh, uh, and collage comics from uh, a couple of American weirdos, Alex and Anne, and uh, and Jeremy Bush Bushnell. Uh, so I wasn't aware of their work before uh, before this open call to to submit to the anthology, but it's always great to see that there, there are more than the the little niche that you're aware of that, that experiment in different yeah, ways. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. That's always a welcome surprise, isn't it, that there are people outside of your orbit, um, even kind of, yeah, within within a niche. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of these people that, I, that I've worked with and talked with are... Well, not entirely, but a lot of them are middle-aged men like myself, and you kind of wonder, hmm, how far is this going to go? <laughs> At some point, we're all going to die out, and who's going to make those delicious 
uh, abstract comics then uh, push the envelope for for the comics medium. Uh, and it turns out there are not only uh, people in the binary, and there is not only us dinosaurs that are making them. There are some some really great cutting edge work being made at the moment as well. So. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, optimistic for the future as well. Totally, that's great. And um, where can people actually get their hands on the anthology? Is it just through the Uncomics website? Or, well, yeah. Now here's here's the issue. Um, another thing that happened between 2019 and now is uh, Brexit. I'm I'm thinking the most of your audience is uh, is in Britain. <clears throat> and one of the hurdles that emerged from, uh, from Brexit is that now you have to be, how is it again? You have to be registered for VAT within the UK to, to yeah, sell people even online. Uh, so... As we speak now, let's say this comes out on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, we're, we're still exploring uh, both distributors and uh, and uh, retailers for for the anthology. Uh, I'll tell you who you want to get in touch with. He, I'll tell you who you want to get in touch with. Alan. Yeah. Um it's it's a guy we had on um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Stephen Ingram, um, and I'll, I'll give you Stephen's um, details, but he's actually just set up a distributor called Third Bear Press, and the yeah. idea is that they're trying to bring bring in um, uh, obscure comics obscure into the UK. That's perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bingo. Obscure. UK distribution. Um, yeah, no. Uh, that's, uh, that's, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sort you out afterwards yeah. um, with, with Stephen's de- uh, contact perfect. details. And, yeah. and hopefully Steve, Stephen can sort you out. Yeah. I'll pass it on to the, uh, to the publisher. Uh, yes. I was only associated for this, uh, for this issue, or this volume of their anthology and as soon as i realized there were there were vats and import exports problems and so on i just dropped it like a hot potato i hate numbers i'm yeah, so like, bad at calculus oh i'm out of here yeah. <laughs> but i know that uh unfortunately the weekend that just passed when this is published uh the uh one of our contributors in the anthology simon russell whom you know uh who has also been on the comics for the apocalypse podcast uh has been at the lakes international comics art festival tabling and selling the anthology so if you're out there and got your hands on it at (laughs) at like half uh, you're one of the lucky ones, uh, and you're one of the uh, few select people who can actually say, "I'm all about that." <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Alan. That's fantastic. Um, Brilliant. Uh, well, um, with um, kind of all of this in mind, obviously putting together the 
the anthology is a tremendous amount of of work and things but like you you personally how has your creative process been over the past couple of years it's been exploratory let's say it say it that way um Mm. especially during covid um there hasn't been a lot of options to to publish uh prints uh print books and uh, uh and and comics uh in in that format and i have to say i am a sucker for a paper book which is one of the reasons that i jumped at the chance to to do the print anthology um so Let's say there's one thing that say, yeah, there's one thing that has nothing to do with publishing that I've been doing for uh, well for f- the last eight five or eight years, which is uh, comics performances. <clears throat> so it's um, I'm part of a performance duo with a musician, a friend of mine who uh, is who's called Alan Gronval. Um So we perform as Gronval Haverholm. Um, and we, right before the, um, the, uh, the, the pandemic, we were in Finland and doing a performance there at a comics festival in uh, Oulu, uh, up north. Uh, and we did a concert, so he's performing with bass and feedback and stuff. And I'm, uh, well, scraping around acrylic colors on a piece of paper under, uh, under a camera which is then projected up. So he has his amplifier, I have mine. Uh, and it's purely improvisation, purely... And nobody knows what's going to happen before it's over. Um, and we continue to do a bit of those um, online uh, during the pandemic, uh, especially since we couldn't meet up and we certainly didn't want to meet in front of a live audience coughing at us and whatever. So... We've been doing it back and forth there, uh, streaming just between the two of us and then publishing the um, the results after after the fact, so to speak. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we, we got together again this spring to to do a performance for the uh, the release party for the anthology. So uh so so yeah, yeah, I've I've been doing weirdo concerts as well without being able to play a straight tune on uh, <laughs> on an instrument. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! So at least you've had like a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As well, um, that's really important. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I mean, I'm I'm primarily. Uh, pursuing academic employment uh, for the last four years. Basically, I've been applying for PhD positions and research positions here and there and everywhere. So, uh, wow. of course, using my, uh, my artistic practice as part of my research, I wouldn't have come to to this point doing a master's degree and now applying for phds and so on and come to my uh my on comics theories so to speak without 
without working creatively and experimenting creatively with comics for more than a decade. So it all comes together. It all has something to do with, uh, with each other. It's all connected. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and uh, moving on from kind of your own personal creative process, mm-hmm. uh, what comics have you been reading yourself recently? Well, uh, of course, I've been reading uh, through the anthology, editing it uh, several several times, and mm-hmm. uh, trying to find through lines in 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 uh, in that book as well to to uh shall we say digest into to the the on comics website but of course that also leads to other work by the same contributors so one of the works that i would would pull out is uh spider by gareth a hopkins uh gareth is has of course also been uh a guest on this uh, esteemed outlet, yeah, so uh, so we know what he's about, <laughs> and I think uh, yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's good guy. yeah, and he makes fantastic comics. Uh, I also I always needle him a little bit about maybe maybe leave the text out, <laughs> uh, but I, it's all it's all in good. Uh, all, all in good fun. I mean, I I, I love Gareth's uh, Gareth's artwork, and I love his comics. Uh, it's just that I l- love the text a little bit less. Uh, and Spider Spider uh, is an online comic, or at least it can be found online. And I think it's some of his some of his best work in the in in recent years. It's all good, but this is. This stands out somehow a, a, a little bit. It has a, a certain harmony in uh, in its abstract uh, colorist uh, compositions, and it uses some little ticks and uh, and and I don't want to say gimmicks, but you know, um, he uses a little smattering of of, uh, of white dots in it that that gives it a little extra mm. uh, glamour, I suppose. Uh, I really like that yeah. work. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a terrific piece. And I think it's a, it's a good starter as well for kind of abstract comics, I think, as well for people. Um, <clears throat> because, yeah, as you say, it's, it's actually got text on it. <laughs> that, that it is, it's um, always a hope. Like, yeah. For the uninitiated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a really good start. So for, for for those that haven't had a look at these types of comics before, if you go to Gareth's website, which is grthink.com, um, and then um, you can go to forward slash spider.html, um, then you can go take a look exactly. um, on his mm-hmm. website there. Um, yeah, it's, it, no, I, I, it's really, really interesting. Isn't it? And as you say, kind of like the the white dots, yeah, do certainly give it something, don't they? Um, and I mean, what's interesting for me to think about is, so I wouldn't know where to start with a comic like this, like creatively, like how to create it myself. And, and, and my question for you really is, is 
where did, where does your head start in the beginning of this the of the process for this type of comic um or does it is it different every time in the process of making it you mean yeah yeah um it's usually when i try to make something completely different uh i'm a little bit with uh, with uh, david lynch on on this um i think it's in in one of the documentaries about his life and work that that, that he says that uh, his creative process is you have to make a big mess <laughs> and then you have something to work with right um right so you're, you're moving around and uh, um, mess something up uh when i was teaching i used to teach young people um like prep classes in uh, in in comics um and i would always say but keep keep a sketchbook and uh always make comics panels in it in advance so whatever you draw in it it's going to be part of a comic uh and the most important thing is to allow yourself to make an ugly drawing a really really bad a terrible drawing on the first page because then you desecrated the entire thing and whatever you whatever you do after that that's going to be terrific compared to that first drawing um i mean start start bad <laughs> i think that's where people go go wrong uh, or, or go astray with with this whole uh, terror of the blank page uh you need to break it just just completely completely break it uh mess it up so that you can't even imagine that anything good will come of it and then everything that you you pour on there afterwards will will be a creative improvement uh so 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 that's my <laughs> that's my process <laughs> oh, that's go, go to my way to push something over and, and then try to make something of the mess i made right um I'm, I'm all for Gareth. It's different because he draws. Uh, he uses his own old comics as a starting point, or often use them as a starting point in painting over. And so you can kind of see the progression. Often you can't see it unless you know, but you can see a progression through his comics from 2016 to the ones in 2020 to the ones in. 2022 so it's uh, i think that that's really really interesting uh i mean using his i mean he doesn't even need to make that mess because he already made it and he published it <laughs> so <laughs> i know he's used misprints and so on you know whether it's a paper jam or whatever it's with all the the prints doesn't quite fit the paper and so on and then he just uses it as a a new starting point. I think that's brilliant. Uh, best work process I ever <laughs> ever heard about. <laughs> that's fantastic. Really interesting. Um, now, um, what what other uh, comics have you been reading recently? One that I haven't read yet. It hasn't arrived in the in the mail, but I've seen some uh, some previews on <clears throat> sorry on the publisher's website. 
is uh, The Other Side of a Family by uh, Rosera Pell, who, uh, not to toot my own horn, but she is also in the anthology and she's also in the podcast. Um, mm -hmm. She is, uh, she's a terrific uh, book artist. I think that's more appropriate than, than, than calling her a, a, just a comics artist. Uh, she works with the form of, of the book and uh, evolves it and manipulates it to, to, in different ways to, um, to arrive at completely new, uh, new works. In this case, she's taken the concept of um, a photo album. You know how Dave McKean would, uh, would say that everybody's been making comics, they're putting together comics of family photos in, uh, in, in photo albums. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, Rosera Pell kind of flips that on its head uh, almost literally to make this to make this book that is it, it, it is a, um, uh, I lost the word what do you call it uh, a, a photographic reproduction of, uh, of uh, mm -hmm. an old timey photo album but all the photos are backside up. So instead of the yes. photos of the families, um, you see, well, like the title says, the other side of our family, you see the, the traces of wear and tear, and you see the little, uh, the little memento or, or, or scribblings. Mom and dad, no, mom and dad are quite like a date, a location, or yeah. like even 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 like the um, the actual uh, company of like the photographic paper, yeah, yeah. as well. That looks like <laughs> yeah, little, yeah, machine written, typewritten dates uh, from the from the developer or whatever. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's just it really takes you behind the. Um, behind the story of, and, and makes you invest yourself so much more because there's so much empty space, so much creative space to fill out there as a, as a, as a reader. Mm. If you're even reading, you're, you're, you're putting, you're pouring yourself into it. Right. And that's the kind of co-creation by readers that I'm really, really interested in and why I think these uh, these oncomings are so exciting because it just allows for so much more uh, interaction, almost telepathy, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to read someone else's mind over a distance of miles, maybe years. Uh, I think it's it's so it's so damn interesting to. Uh, to think of uh, the, the, the possibilities and the more you leave out, the more the other part will put in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, the actual uh, viewer or reader gets to kind of fill in those gaps mm, yeah. and, and cre create themselves almost as well. It's really cool. Awesome. Um, now, um, moving on to uh, your next recent read. What's that? <clears throat> well, that's both a comic, but it's also a review of um, 
I'll just have to check this out, actually. It's a review of uh, of, of a book by Clarice, um, Clarice Lispector. Sorry, I was losing my notes there. Uh, but it's made in comic form, abstract comic form, by uh, Tana Oshima, who's a, a translator and a poet and also a visual artist, and she combines it all in uh, in in on comics form uh, in the on comics anthology. You start seeing how I'm how I've selected some of those, right? Yes. <laughs> I'll stop now. Um, <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. It's cool. It's cool. But uh, but yeah, no, I think it's. Uh, I mean, rather than the. Uh, analytical uh, textual reviews that we're used to reading in, say, newspapers or on on, on websites and so on and so forth. The, this is literally a, an expressive, uh, an expressive uh, review rather than visual review rather than rather than some. Uh, some journalist who's been scratching his beard for 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 half an hour and then drawn lines mm. back to whatever um, Foucault. Um, <clears throat> so it's it it's really it's a gorgeous little comic, and then on top of it all, it's it's Tana's uh, reflection on this book that she read. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the, That's incredible. I mean, to, to, to think like that, though, as well, Alan. Yeah. I would never have the thought to create a piece of art in in order to review something like that. Just wouldn't come across my mind. It's amazing that she even thought of it. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't I haven't actually checked out uh, the uh, the website is on is uh, Rhino Poetry. I should check if they're actually doing more visual reviews i think it's a terrific idea and this is uh very very ambiguous visual as well so it's it's this Mm -hmm. cheeky kind of review that really rather than telling you that you should buy this and read this book you actually have to read and have to buy and read the book because otherwise you won't understand the review See how that's all working together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what? It looks, it, totally, and it would look pretty good on a wall as well. So you could have it on a wall and then read the book at the same yeah. time. So you can read the book and like look at like the review that you're thinking of at the same time. That's kind of cool. I think it's terrific, and I think more people should do this. Uh, I. Uh, I really yeah, think maybe a, maybe a website like Broken Frontier could take this up. I mean, I know they've been very appreciative of experimental works and so on. So maybe I'm just putting it out here, uh, Andy Oliver, if you hear this, um, go on and uh, give us some visual reviews online of, of comics. That'd be really great. More of those. Tame. Absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and then uh, what's your fourth recent read? 
Yeah, it's a recent read. Let's put it that way. Uh, this is uh, this is a book called uh, Prelim by uh, by Chad Verrill. It came out in two thousand and ten, I think. Uh, when I was working with CBK, the uh, Comics Collective, uh, back in. Well, I started around 2010, actually, but they had already published some of uh, Chad Verrill's works in their anthology. And he's working in this woodcut-like style, but it's very intricate. And he's, uh, he's, uh, he's using, like, these illuminated borders and uh, uh, very, very intricate and very, uh, shall we say, idiosyncratic uh, mythological motifs and so on. Uh, and he, he did a part yeah. in this book, uh, Prelim, that he called uh, Things That Look Like Comics But Are Not. <laughs> it, was, it, was kind of a, it was a miscellany of his, uh, his one-page experiments and uh, you know, sketches and, uh, and well, doodles almost. But they're terrific because they weren't meant to be comics. Uh, and uh, because he was just experimenting, they didn't have to go anywhere. And some some of them kind of putter out in weird directions, and others loop around like a a, a Mobius strip or something. And they're they're all over the place. Some of them have pictures in speech bubbles leading to uh, pieces of text instead of the mouth of a character, and so it, it's it's. Kind of, kind of what I what I also try to do with my both written and and uh, creative work uh, or, or visual work um, is to not only turn the bucket upside down, but also turn the bucket inside out and try and see what else. Well, maybe we can use it as a chair instead. Uh, and, and, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> I've been really, really tempted to just steal uh, Chad's, um, just to, to paraphrase him and, and take it for my own that things that look like comics but are not. Uh, that's that's pretty much the the, yeah, the core of the whole on comics uh, concept. Really, like. Mm, the kind of thing that people will look at and say, like, but is it a comic, really? Um, and you go, well, uh, two picture planes put together? I mean, that's good enough for me. But, um, yeah, some people will want the speech bubbles and the, uh, the punchline, right? Yeah, some will, but you know, sequential art is is sequential art. <laughs> I guess you know, it's uh, like, and as as we said before, you know, you can you can make your own interpretations, and you know, the absolutely, so, yeah. Like, and 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 for those that are just kind of, you know, you can look at many uh, comets that have got kind of more more traditional art in them that are completely silent. You know, Absolutely, like no speech yeah. bubbles at all, yeah. and you and you and you can still tell a story from that totally. And uh, yeah, no, it's just you got to try and, I guess, um, expand your mind um, by really start trying to kind of focus on on what it's trying to say. Yeah, and like I said, uh, that was one of the first like 
maneuvers I, I, I try to do with comics definitions. And exactly like you say, yeah, they're perfectly fine comics that work without text. And still, <clears throat> sorry, and still um, when you look at even academic or, or uh, uh, creative definitions of comics, you meet this, oh, but comics are a hybrid between words and pictures. They are interconnected they are they are synthesizing the the, the text within the uh, uh, the image narrative and but sure yeah i know most comics do that but it shouldn't be in a formal definition if we can just chuck the text entirely <laughs> Uh, I, I think that's kind of key to this. I mean, comics have to be in color. Yeah, but no. Uh, comics have to have a hard, hard black contour outline. No, that was actually... That actually comes from the technological uh, limitations of printing in the early 20th century. We're 100 years later now. Can we please look at scanning and, well, putting things online? Um, but no, I mean, 90% of comics that are still published are still the hard black contour and a whole lot of them still use primary colors when they don't need to. I mean, there is a reason we're talking about four color uh, uh I was going to say Phantasmagoria, but it, uh, yeah. That's fascinating. And then uh, what's your, your final recent read? My final recent read is actually from Twitter, uh, even though I <clears throat> abandoned this over over summer, but one of my uh, sure. very good uh, sparring partners, uh, online and uh, in all of the on comics <clears throat> process has been uh, Mark Badger, who's uh, an, Amer- an American comics artist. He worked for quite a bit with uh, DC and Marvel and also did work for Dark Horse. I think he was the original artist on uh, The Mask, um, right. but he was too political. <laughs> So he, he was, he was really? something like that. I mean, I mean, I've read some of his old uh, yeah. mask comics and they, they turn really, uh, really wow. political. Uh, and it's, but they're great. They're great. But it was uh, it, apparently it wasn't quite what uh, the writer, I forget his name, uh, had had in mind. So it it, mm-hmm. it turned the art choice over to Doc Mankey, who I think is uh, the more well-known mask uh, uh, artist um, other than Jim Carrey, of course. Um, well, but, but Mark really cottoned on to this uh, uh, on-comics concept and uh, he's been tweeting occasionally. He's a classically uh, trained artist. <clears throat> so he was always an outsider on uh, in, the, in the American comics industry, uh, especially in the early 80s. So he's been just going online, finding pictures of 20th century artworks and just tagging them, hashtagging them on comics. (laughs) And you have this link as well. I mean, he he, he put up a a picture by the the artist Donald Judd, uh, 
conceptual artist, uh, Donald Judd, and he did a series of prints um, that are on the... It's, re- it's presented in two columns, let's say that. Uh, on the left-hand column, we have a series of uh, frames, black rectangular frames, uh, that are um, separated by uh, by white dividers, slim white dividers, almost like gutters in a comic. Um, and... and then correspondingly on the right-hand side, there are black rectangles that you might imagine fit uh, right into the uh, the black frames on the left hand. And they are accordingly divided. Uh, so there's like, uh, first you have the unbroken rectangle versus frame. Then you have the, uh, the frame and rectangle that are both divided down through the middle by a, uh, uh, by a, a vertical slash then the next pair is uh, divided in uh, into thirds by by two white slashes and then it goes on to to do the same maneuver but with horizontal lines in the last two rows there and <clears throat> mark just posted this and said foundational on comics <laughs> Yeah. And he went on to to to, um, to to tweet a little about. I mean, it just comes out in these 140 character, almost like headlines, like captions in a, a, a an art history book. But it's just really uh, speculative stuff. Like, uncomics are the Buddhist five aggregates. <laughs> uh, it's the kind of thing that even makes me kind of tilt my head. You're like, no, like, what is he talking about? But okay, sure, let's go with the Buddhist five aggregates because I know Mark is a practicing Buddhist, so apparently he knows what he's talking about. This sounds great. Let's let's put a spiritual dimension to this as well. Um, and he puts it really the entire... Uh, Gulf or the the difference between uh, on comics and regular comics, like he says, like a, a, a single painting says, "Here's my idea." A comic story with text and image says, "Here's Batman punching a bad guy." Art uh, and an on comic says, "Here's my process." What do you see, feel, think, your labels, and then your fabrication? Uh, and it's like he's he's a. Uh, uh, He's such a great sparring partner to have online. I mean, even if we've never met, we've only talked the once. Uh, <laughs> but it, all of these back and forths are, are really inspiring. And he's like generating new new work for me to do. Just like chucking these these tweets out in the the ether, and I'm like, stop, stop can't keep up with you man every one of those turned into an article <laughs> that's fantastic yeah no it is it's really interesting and just looking at the website that it ultimately links to because it's a great t- tweet isn't it so and it, and it links to this um website called mama yeah i, I think that, that must stand for something i see museum of modern um, arts yeah <clears throat> Bingo! Didn't realise that. Um, total schoolboy. Um, but uh, yeah, no. If you if you scroll down to like 
the end. Like there's, there's clearly an exhibition yeah. of it somewhere, and he's also, they've also got it in red and blue and all oh, side by side. Yeah, that's which is which is which is interesting. I thought so. It's like red, blue, and then I guess that's black. It kind of looks like yeah. Um, yeah, but again, because it's a conceptual art piece and it's print, so it's yeah. it's all a matter of just giving different versions of it, different color prints, and so on. And it's uh, exactly. it's in the um, it's in the whole core of the idea. Um, yeah, it's all yeah, it's all about process and a very very systematic. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, obviously it's almost diagrammatic. Just putting these different yeah, yeah. Uh, different uh, versions up uh, of yeah. divisions, and then of course different colors, as you say. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, this is nothing to do with comics or anything, but um, if you if you look at kind of the development of the the London tube map. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's art in itself. It's absolutely incredible, um, like the actual process that that actually went through. Um, and it, it ended up being like some electrical engineer that actually came up with the map that we've got today because he basically looked at it just as like a circuit board. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Um, and he said, and he was like, you know, it's it's irrelevant on like a functional map like this in terms of like the distance and things like that. Like obviously it's nice to kind of like have like a general like idea of kind of ish where things are, but like, it's more about the functionality of it. Exactly. Um, I mean, nobody's going to use the tube map to find their way street level from, uh, from station exactly. to station. I mean, exactly. it, it, that's not the point of it. And uh, yeah, you can say the same about these these uh, these comics that I'm promoting, uh, or the comics movement, you might say that I'm that I'm promoting through through uncomics.org and the podcast and so on. Uh, it's it's not about it's not about the terrain. It's, we're not trying. Uh, uh, the artists aren't trying to be uh, trying to represent the outer world. It's about the map. Mm. It's about the comic as itself uh, being pure image, being pure comics, being pure network and exploratory uh, terrain for, for, for the reader to get lost in, to find their way in and, uh, yeah, uh, invest themselves in uh in the reading of of the work of the thing so that's awesome man and i think that's that's a good good place for us to bring things to a close um it's been absolutely wonderful um to actually um kind of re-explore <laughs> um these uncomics that you've shared with me alan it's it's been really fun and sorry yeah no you did you, you did mention that there was kind of like a, a bit of a bonus that you've been doing recently, and that's some uncomics as a children's birthday activity. 
which looked really cool. Yeah, that wasn't me though. That but it was uh, something that I came up on on uh, on Mastodon on uh, on the Fediverse, uh, the federated social media, where I follow uh, an artist called Seth Cook, uh, mm. who had apparently held a, a, a birthday party for for children, uh, and for, as an activity, uh, they had passed around really, really cheap painting uh, or paint uh, and uh, and masking tape to the kids. Uh, and of course, as you also know, as a, as a, as a father, uh, there's, you, you always put out really cheap paper, uh, paper on the, on the table, right? Uh, so what they've done, I assume this was after, after the, uh, all the, the the food had been served and taken away. Then they yeah, right. put out the kids were allowed to put out the masking tape themselves, and they were just uh, splatting paint on it, you know. And then they removed the masking mm-hmm. tape, ta-da! Uh, and uh, you know that that impresses maybe six, seven year olds. But what I thought was so funny was that th- with the masking tape, they'd been putting up this network of gutters. And they had gotten a bunch of kids yeah, right. to to make uh, because they hadn't exactly covered the the uh, let's say panels perfectly or uh, completely with with paint. It was like splattered on and uh, in different figurations and 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 textures and so on. And it was really great. I mean, maybe they weren't great comics, not even great abstract comics, but it was just knowing the context that a bunch of kids had done this for fun <laughs> was really terrific. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it also talks to one potential of on comics that is that you don't have to be trained in a specific way of drawing. You don't have to draw Spider-Man mm-hmm. perfectly. You don't, you don't need to get all the... Uh, shadows of or, or or the anatomy correct of something because there's no anatomy anybody can do this not not everybody can be great at this <laughs> to be perfectly clear <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's it's a whole other level of skill uh and basically just play it's a sense of play to do this and I think a lot of grown-ups and a lot of comics artists could learn a bit by just getting their hands dirty, making a big mess, and then playing around with it. Um, of course, I'm biased because that's what I do. But, uh, you know. No, it's really cool, though. And uh, I've actually got um, my son's... Um, birthday coming up in a couple of weeks i mean he's only one so he, he wouldn't be able to do this but my daughter is five and so like and there'll be like loads of kids of all ages there um so i reckon i'm gonna get a load of a load of paper and a load of masking tape and a load of, a load of cheap paint and then see what happens <laughs> yeah but you do that you do that now for the big big kids table and then in two yeah. or three years time your son is going to pester you to do it so he can actually take part in it. It's going to be so 
such a mess. It's going to be hell to clean up, but the kids will have so much fun. Oh, exactly. That's what it's all about. And uh, th- thankfully, we're holding it at a local village hall, so um, it, it, it won't be my floor. <laughs> it's getting dirty. Great. Win, win, win. Uh, and post pictures to social media because then other parents will be doing the same thing next year. Exactly. Exactly. Forward, awesome. forward, Samuel. exactly. I will. A hundred percent. A hundred percent, Alan. Well, uh, Alan, have a home. It's it's been fantastic to to have you return to the show. It's great great to hear what you've been up to. Um, and uh, for the listeners, one more time, uh, where can they find out about Uncomics? On Uncomics.org. Uh, that's the website that collects both links to where people outside of Britain can buy the uh, the Uncomics anthology, uh, but also where uh, the Uncomics podcast, my series of artist talks with people like Gareth A. Hopkins, Rose Rappel, and uh, Simon Russell uh, can uh, both find the actual episodes, subscribe from there, or, you know, if, you, if you're kind of the old uh old guard you can also go to itunes from there mm-hmm. uh from uncomics.org but uncomics.org is the is the center of attention for this <laughs> it certainly feels that way it's <laughs> for me right now um that's you are again that's uncomics.org um I've been training this. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's absolutely fantastic, Alan. And, uh, yeah, no, again, appreciate your your time, and um, always love hearing hearing your perspective um, on all of this stuff. So it's uh, it's really interesting, and uh, yeah, as as always, you're you're always welcome back. Thank you very much. I have, haven't uh, shit the bed yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it, Samuel. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. See you next time. Take care. You too. Ciao. Bye. Thanks again to Alan for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Alan's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the near future, I'll see you next time. Bye for now.